Well, as you now know, the heroes of this chapter are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not bow, bend, nor burn. But where was Daniel? How come he escaped this threat of the fiery furnace? That confused me for a time. And I just wonder where he went to. Well, we don't know. This crazy notion of erecting a 90-foot high image in the plain of Dura began with Nebuchadnezzar. Five, four, three, two, one. I want to thank you for joining the program today. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. And of course, as always, we take delight in ministering the Lord's Word to you, and we take delight in proclaiming the gospel across this land of Canada. Radio is still a mighty medium for gospel truth. Thankfully, here in Canada, there are still stations that will carry the message of the gospel. They don't do it for nothing. They sell airtime, and we use this means to not only advertise the gospel, but to preach it. Isn't it wonderful that we can take the sermons preached from our church pulpit and air it on radio? I trust it will be a great blessing to you, and I hope you will let me know that you're listening. Just give me a call or send me an email. All the information will be given at the close of the program. Today's message calls us to loyalty unto the Lord. It is a call to set ourselves to faithfully worship and witness for the Lord in this disobedient age. Don't be half-hearted in your Christian life. Don't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church where the Lord is honored. And more demanding is the need to be a pillar in a true Bible-preaching gospel church. Don't rest until you are throwing your weight of support to a true gospel church ministry. This is the demand of this very age in which we live. What a happy fellowship you will have. What a happy pastor you will sit under when you give your full support to the preaching of the Bible, and nothing but the Bible. Sometimes here at Let the Bible Speak, I say that we preach the gospel, the gospel only, and nothing but the gospel. And let that be true of every gospel church ministry. And so, again, I thank you for being a part of the program today, and I pray you'll be blessed. Maybe we'll just have a short prayer and then go straight into today's message, Daniel chapter 3. Father, we thank Thee for this opportunity to proclaim the gospel to the hearts of men and women. We pray that Your Word will find a resting place in good ground, a ground that is wrought by faith, where the Word will be received with joy and gladness, and where there will be much fruit. We ask that You will comfort Your people that you will quicken the hearts of those that need to be saved, and grant, Lord, that you'll call them to saving faith in the crosswork of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we ask and pray. Amen. 
Now we're turning to our Bible again, Daniel chapter 3, the great words, Is it true? Well, as you now know, the heroes of this chapter are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not bow, bend, nor burn. But where was Daniel? How come he escaped this threat of the fiery furnace? That confused me for a time. And I just wonder where he went to. Well, we don't know. This crazy notion of erecting a 90-foot-high image in the plain of Dura began with Nebuchadnezzar. Now, that plain was outside the city of Babylon. It needed, of course, to be a spacious area, a flat-level area, where this tall figure of the image would be imposing from all directions as the crowds gathered in. The dedication day of the image was with fantastic fanfare. Rousing music welcomed the arrival of the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces. You can only imagine the multitudes of people, the dignitaries that attended, and the high expectations. And then the music fell flat, and there was a period of silence. The king had instructed that the moment that the music started up again, that everyone was to fall down prostrate and give worship to his image, along with a threat that any who refused would be immediately carried off to the fiery furnace. Now, that furnace was uh, used many times as a threat and a means of execution to those who would resist the king. And so, the drum roll began, the music started up, and the great crowds fell down flat, and there were but three left standing, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you can be absolutely sure that it did not go unnoticed. They stood up, and they certainly stood out. And so it wasn't long until the report got back to the king that these Jews, these three Hebrews, would not bow down. And you read there the instant fury of the king. He took it personally. This was an insult. This was uh, a traitor, and this was not acceptable. And so the king invited them or commanded them to come into his audience. His words to these three Hebrews, he asked them simply this, is it true? And it's on that question that I want to preach to you tonight, because I have a few angles on this one. Is it true tonight that you're a Christian? Is it true that you're willing to suffer for the Lord Jesus? Is it true that you are unashamedly willing to serve the Lord at any cost? Is it true that you believe all people and all nations should bow down to one God? So we begin here this evening with this question. Now, this 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were brought before the king, of course they were asked, is it true that you refuse to bow to the king's image? We must not expect that in this world that when we live as a Christian that we will not be noticed. Some situation will arise in your life, maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe in your home, maybe with your neighbors, and someone will ask you this question, is it true? We have heard that you have stopped going to other forms of religion, and we have heard that you now are attending a Bible-preaching, Christ-centered church where the gospel is at the forefront. And it has been noticed. By the way, that plain of Dura, with all the spread of important people, and all the music, and all the fanfare, and the image casting a vast shadow over the plain, that represents the world. That is the power of this rebellious age that is against God. But these three young men had convictions. They were Hebrews, and they knew the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God. Now these young men learned that at an early age back in Jerusalem as they grew up under the Bible. And they knew what was right and what was wrong. And the day that you start reading and studying seriously the Word of God, you are going to be given deep convictions, things that are according to God's will and things that God hates. And the stand of a Bible-believing Christian is that you love everything that God loves and you hate everything that God hates. And that's what put backbone into these young men that they could not bow. Now, we are living in an age when people are tempted to compromise, and they like to have it both ways. They want to go to heaven on the easy route of going along with the age, and they want to have all the pleasures of sin for a season. Well, some people call that, that's just love. God loves everybody. Well, let me give you the Bible definition of love in 2 John 1, verse 6. And this is love, that we walk after His commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. That simply means that your practice should be equal to your profession. If you say that you love God and the love of God is in your heart, then you will love the things he loves, but you will also hate the things that he hates. So what if 
this question is put to you. Is it true that you will not bow down to the God of this world in whatever form, shape it takes? Is it true that you have the conviction to stand up to the light of the Word of God and walk in it? Are you walking in the truth? That's the question. Is it true? Is it true that you have separated yourself from empty religion that merely cloaks the pride of man? Now, only you can answer that tonight. And these three men stood before Nebuchadnezzar, and they answered that question. Also, is it true that you choose to suffer rather than to sin? These young men were fully aware of the threat of the burning fiery furnace. They each knew that if they did not comply to the wishes of the king, that their life was on the line. The decree had already gone out. There was no doubt about it. There was no halfway step. There were no degrees of loyalty. There was no way to be uh, siding with one or the other. You're either going to bow to the image and serve the king, or you're going to stand up and be servants of the Lord Jesus. Do I hear you saying tonight, I must follow my beliefs at any cost. Well, it is going to cost you. What should a Christian do? I want you tonight to remember the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 10. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Now that cross is not a literal wooden gibbet or a stake. It's not a physical, heavy, wooden beam that you carry around. That cross is the identification of the shame. Paul called it the scandal of the cross. And the world looks upon the cross as a thing of ignominy, something that's disgusting and shameful. And anyone that will be identified with the way of the cross, they're looked upon as fools, narrow-minded, and old-fashioned. And yet, that's what we must do as Christians. Now the Lord also said, Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye in the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And so on that plain of Dura, as those three young men stood up for their convictions, eternity was in their minds. Heaven or hell was in their minds. If they bowed to the image, they would be servants of the false. If they denied the Lord, they might lose their standing with God. And of course, we are called upon that we may be willing to suffer as a Christian. In 1 Peter 4, 16, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Now, this counsel was very needed in the first century. 
after Pentecost, after the beginning of evangelism in Jerusalem that spread out to various nations around the Mediterranean world where the gospel went, Christians paid a heavy price for their profession of faith in the Lord because often it was interpreted that if you are a servant of Jesus, you are no longer a servant of Caesar. And that was the, the way it was pitched. Either you serve Caesar or you are a Christian serving the Lord Jesus. And if they chose to profess Christ, they would lose their life. Hence, they fled to the catacombs in Rome. Hence, they were cast to the lions in the amphitheaters and the Colosseums. It was an age of persecution. Into the centuries that went on, there were multitudes of Christians who chose to suffer rather than sin. Have you ever read the Fox, Fox's Book of Martyrs? Fox was the author, and his subject was the martyrs of mainly the English Reformation. And he gathered a lot of the histories and lessons of Christians who would not give up their convictions in Christ, but were willing to be put to death, some at the stake, some hanged, some were tortured, some were drowned, but they chose to suffer rather than to sin. And it's happening today. Nigeria, China. It may happen soon in Hong Kong. There are awful pressures afoot to take away the liberties, not only national liberties, but religious liberties. And there will be those who will mightily suffer because they will not bow to the way of the world. They will not give up their convictions. Is it true of you that you have decided that you would rather suffer than sin? That's a sobering question. And it's one that maybe we would not dare to answer with boasting. And we would have to say, Lord, I would need your grace to bear such suffering. And I know I won't get that grace until it's needed. And so it's right that we don't boast of such things. Yet, there ought to be a resolution in our hearts that if we are called upon to suffer, and it might be loss of job, loss of income, loss of position, maybe loss of friends, but I'm willing to suffer rather than sell out my conscience and sin. Third question, is it true that your God will deliver you? I want you to read verse 15 in this third chapter of Daniel. Now, if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music... Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made? Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? There's another question from the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And these young men were convinced that their God was able. Look at their answer. In verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. 
Now, the word careful there is a bit of a dubious translation. When I was growing up as a boy in my home, I dare not say to my dad, I don't care. And I don't think that's what these young men were saying to Nebuchadnezzar, we don't care. What they were really saying is, we don't need to answer that question. We've already made up our minds. God is able to deliver us. That's the God whom we serve. And by the way, Nebuchadnezzar, if he's not pleased to deliver us, we still won't bow down to your image. And you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. They were defiant to this King Nebuchadnezzar. Now they were courteous. They were polite. They went as far to serve the king as they could. But they believed that their God was able to deliver them. And even if it did not please God to deliver them, they still would rather lay down their lives and enjoy all the rewards of eternal life with God than to surrender their soul. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Earn those who bind, deceive or sword. Would rest the kingdom from your son and bring to naught all he has done. Come, Holy Ghost, come, Lord our God, and shed thy heavenly gifts abroad. listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. These Hebrews had to prove their God, but to do so, they had to know their God. Later in the book of Daniel, we read, the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That could be the theme of the book of Daniel, for it was the experience of these young men and Daniel himself. Steadfastness is the call to loyalty to the Lord in the face of persecution or to suffer loss in this world 
for the gospel's sake. We're in the same situation too, for we live in a corrupt and sinful generation. Rebellion to God abounds all around us. The thinking of the worldly man is to grasp every opportunity for money, pleasure, and ease. But Christians are called to renounce the world, deny themselves, and take up the cross of Christ. We are always to be found on the side of the Lord. This is our first question and our first concern in every step and decision of life. Will I be on the Lord's side? Will my walk and talk testify that I am a Christian? This is where the rubber meets the road, whether it is deciding on the job you take, the church you join, or the person you may marry. As to a church, the tragedy today is that so many churches are no longer on the side of the Lord. I say that for they are actively promoting the very things that the Bible condemns. Immorality that is blatantly against the law of God is not just tolerated, but promoted. Now, the litmus test for morality, of course, is the Ten Commandments. And God, as we know from the first commandment, hates idolatry. And we also know from the seventh commandment that he hates adultery. Every sexual act outside of marriage between one man and one woman. That stand will cost you today. In this generation, we need to promote biblical marriage and healthy relationships within the marriage bond. You will also find that those who go down the road of immorality have long given up preaching the gospel. To them, the cross is offensive. What? I hear you saying, a church can be offended by the message of the cross? Oh, yes, and it's happening right across this land of Canada. Churches that were built for gospel preaching and biblical worship have done a 180 and weakly spew out the lies of the devil. Yes, we are called to be a Daniel today. You have to decide that you will be on the Lord's side and that you will find a church that honors the Lord, preaches the gospel, and renounces the world. May God make you a Daniel. If you step out in obedience to his word, he will make you a Daniel. And praise God, it is still true. Our God can deliver us and make us a living witness for his glory. Are you ready for that? Will you make that your decision today? I'm going to stand up for the Lord. I choose to be on his side in every decision of my life. And God will bless you for it. If I can encourage you and pray for you, please be in touch. And I stand by as we come to these closing announcements for today. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music